welcome to For the Love of Merlin. I'm Sonia, and here with me is my co-host, Mila. Hey there. Hi, Mila. Tonight's episode is The Gates of Avalon, No Cover. Mila asked me what that means. It's like when you go to a bar and there's a cover. So I decided to call it, because it sounds like a nightclub, The Gates of Avalon. That is true. Then after you explained, I got it. I'm like, ha, that's actually funny. It is kind of actually funny, especially because it's so not true. It's the opposite of what's happening in this episode. There's definitely a cover charge for these two, at the very least. But we'll get into that. It's a huge, charge. pretty hefty cover charge. This episode opens up so pretty. This shot of Arthur in the water is beautiful and eerie. And he was actually underwater. I love underwater shots because they're so hard for the actor and for everyone to just do them. I hope that he really was underwater. I will spoil that for you in a second, but first I have to backtrack and do the synopsis. That's true. We don't want to forget that. No, we don't. Go ahead. Morgana becomes concerned when she has a dream that Arthur is murdered by a young girl. Arthur then falls in love with the girl from her dream. Well, that spoiled half of the episode. Also, I'm not sure, but it's all good. Yeah, sure. Why not? Morgana does have a dream. And this is the dream. It was filmed underwater, but for those of you who've, uh, I mean, I've barely ever seen one. I have only ever seen one in person. This is filmed in a tank. And I don't know if it's the same as the tank I've seen on a movie lot, but um, they can be rather cool because they'll have a window into the tank. So you're like the camera's outside the tank and filming what's happening inside the tank. But yes, it was filmed in a tank. Uh, There's a lot of talk in the commentary for this episode about how the actors weren't allowed to go put their heads underwater in that lake because of health and safety concerns because you can't guarantee that the water's clean so their doubles had to do every every time you see them their heads go underwater that's not them and anytime their chin is above the water it's them that is so interesting also i'm very pleased that they actually did the shot underwater because when it started i asked myself is that cgi then i thought to myself hopefully not so i'm very pleased about that and that's hilarious about the health and safety and super interesting. I mean, I get it. I do too, but super interesting. Well, you could get sick. You could get sick in a lake like that. Yeah. You don't know what's floating in there. There's no way to clean that stuff. Definitely don't know. And you don't want the two stars of your show getting some bug and like being offset for two weeks because they don't know what they got. So Morgana wakes up. How did you feel when it was a dream sequence? Because we've spoken about Morgana's dreams a couple times. Episode seven, this is the the third episode where this is becoming a topic. Oh my God, guys, we're halfway through season one. This is very exciting. Well, I've said from the very beginning that Morgana sees the future and that's how I feel about it. It's great because I was waiting for you to have one of your theories validated pretty soon and I knew this would be the first one because I was very happy for you to have seen that earlier on. I'm not sure everyone catches on to like the little mentions of her dreams if you're not really paying attention about what it really means. So in this episode, you get the full confirmation that she sees the future. So when for you, who's already gotten there, when she wakes up from that and she's upset, you're like, oh, shit, Arthur's going to die. And it's so satisfying to get your theory validated in a show. A hundred percent. When they actually didn't mention it earlier and you're like I have a feeling that this is what's happening and then suddenly they're like yep you're right I love it I love it so we go from this really important moment to one of my favorite things in the episode only because of a vine I've seen about this 
the vine is someone looking at deer outside their window in their yard and their husband or wife sneezes and they get mad at them and they're like, what do you want me to do? Not sneeze because all the deer ran away. The annoyance that Arthur feels <laughs> at Merlin for just bumping into him and totally scaring the crap out of all the game. He's like, do you want to talk any louder? So funny. So silly. It's so, it's incredible. It's been a while since we've really seen Arthur Merlin time. Since episode two, we haven't gotten a lot of them and they're back and forth. And it's interesting to me to go right into their their one-on-one here with Arthur saying, you know, you need speed, stealth, and an agile mind. And sassy Merlin makes an appearance. Guess you're able to get by on two out of three. <laughs> and doesn't get punished for it. Like, he can back talk to the prince and he doesn't get any flag for it and it's great because we're back to them being buds like right in the opening i love that he got that little joke in because it was really really funny he does get smacked in the forehead or at the very beginning when he makes the noise so it's just it's overall great interaction between him and arthur right at the beginning of the episode i feel like they feel more like big brother little brother in this scene more than than servant and and master that like you know he gets away with the way they are with each other is very familial. Yes. And of course, then some girl screams in the forest. Arthur. Here we go. Runs to the rescue. Here we go. You know, it's great. I mean, I'm never. Bradley James is amazing at all this. The stunt choreo is always perfect. Like We never even have to say that anymore because it's always true on Merlin, I feel like, if you're sensing a pattern. And yeah, Merlin totally saves his ass. Not really sure how discreet he's being about his magic. This is like, this is what I said to you when we watched Lancelot. I said, watch for the next time he saves Arthur's ass in a fight and tell me if Arthur is not as quick on the pickup as Lancelot. Is Arthur as quick as Lancelot on the pickup? Because Lancelot kind of would have noticed that, I feel like. That is true. And I'm going to have to say no. I do have that little thing that I say, I think that Arthur kind of knows, but doesn't want to admit. But I think he pretends he doesn't pay attention. I am not sure. I hope that one of these things that I'm saying is true in the future. I'm not saying either way, to be honest. It's just like that he's not saying it. And then he goes, oh, what a stroke of luck. Yeah, okay. Sure. Luck. Every time you're fighting someone, someone gets hit with something. It's so weird. And Merlin is always around. Can you sense a pattern here? Yes, we can. So they bring these two that they rescue to Uther. And I can't help but notice... How sweet Uther is to nobility, like to noble people. He's so welcoming and so charming. It's extra annoying because we see the like backstage, let's say, Uther all the time and he's not like that. And they want to punch him in the face. Also, these strangers show up with very magical looking staffs. Like it's just, I mean, don't they seem suspicious to you? Don't they seem suspicious? Are you serious? Like, that's definitely... I would say, if I didn't know any better, I would say that looks like a wizard staff. It looks exactly like it. And you're going to tell me it's just like... The girl is like seven years old. She looks so young. That girl looks so young. She doesn't need a staff to help her walk around. It's, it definitely serves another purpose. Why would she carry that around? Also... Sophia's cape is everything. I want one immediately in that collar. You beat me to it. It's in the notes. The cape, 
the golden weaves through the hair, the dresses, but mostly the cape. I mean, when she rides a horse in that thing, I'm my heart is just 100% jealousy. I want to get on a horse with a velvet cape. I do own one, but not that one. And now I'm upset because I'm like, well, now I need one in gold. You do own one, and I know that. And it's beautiful. I do because I'm prepping to dress up for Halloween, which is my favorite holiday. But the staff's suspicious. Also, as a Sonia, because I don't like her, I'm angry that her name is Sophia. She's not likable. I don't understand Arthur. She walks in and I'm like, eh. I mean, she's beautiful. But, you know, he's like, she's amazing. Whatever, Arthur. Oh, we're going to get there. We will. We're going to get to that point, And I'm going to say what I think. Speaking of looks, let's talk about literal looks. The two of them lock eyes as she's leaving the room. Like, could you be any more obvious? You two. Like, I'm not going to say what that's called because I'm not going to be vulgar like that on this podcast. But there's a term for this. And they're just locked into each other across the room. And yeah, we get right into like a Merlin Arthur. Shut up, Merlin. I love this scene the most of this episode. It is the best thing ever. I love it. I'm so happy that you feel that way because that means that even though you haven't gotten a lot of it, because this is, kind of, I guess this is kind of like a spoiler for Merlin, but there's a lot more of this relationship in the show than there has been the first seven episodes. I think that's okay to tell you. And I have all of that going in where I'm like, oh yeah, this, I love this. And I love that you love it because you haven't really since episode, episode two is the only time you've had a lot of Merlin Arthur banter time. That's true. So this is the first time in five episodes that this is like a thing. And this scene is funny to me. Like Merlin just looks at him and he says, shut up, Merlin. He's like, I didn't say anything. <laughs> but that's a real friendship because Arthur says back, you didn't have to. And that's, I feel like that's a conversation that I would have with you. Well, I wrote, I actually wrote heart, a heart and BFFs. And I thought to myself when I was watching it, I was like, oh, I want a friendship like this. And I was like, wait, that's Mila and me. Like we are like this. This is us. Yep. Just one look and a shut up. And it just, it's great. No, I love it. I love this friendship. I love that whole scene is amazing. Poor Merlin is constantly doing chores. And they talk about that in the commentary because the commentary was Bradley James, Jeremy Webb, who was the director, and Anthony Head. And Bradley was talking about how like he's always trying to do the least amount possible in these scenes and have Colin do work. So he's doing something for him and he's doing nothing. And I think that's hilarious because it's very real about the two of them. I also love that Merlin is definitely picking up what Arthur is putting down here. He's like, oh, the room next door is open. He's like, oh, the room next door is going to be perfect. And then it's like, oh, my intentions are honorable. And then he pauses and it's like, Ugh, never mind, just put her on the other side of the castle. Yeah, he tries to cock block himself. And it's actually very sweet because he says it's a warmer, which I'm like, wait, why do you live on the cold side of the castle, Arthur? You're the prince. I think he's just making up an excuse. Mm. But I like that then we come back to Merlin and Merlin convinces him back. It's like, oh, but your intentions are honorable. So why would it be a problem that she stays just next door to you? He's like, oh. You convinced me. Just put her next door. Like he wasn't his idea in the first place. He's also a true friend because he's so excited for Arthur. He's just like, he's more, he's giddy that Arthur is just like showing some human emotion. <laughs> that he's willing to actually display, unlike the human emotion he feels for, you know, Merlin's friendship. Engage in any way, shape or form. From there, we go to an unlikely pairing. Just because we don't really see anyone with Morgana very often besides Gwen. And Morgana goes to see Gaius. And the thing we've been fearing this whole time happens. Now, obviously, it's on purpose. 
They talked about how controlled this fire was, how many stunt people it required on set to actually execute it. But it makes me laugh because it's just like you and I have for six episodes been concerned about fires (laughs) in this show. And again, I wrote it again. Why are they always doing dangerous thing with fire stuff? Stop it. It makes me anxious. I love Katie's delivery of your bench is on fire. It was a very comedy. Uh, my bench is on fire. He's like, what? Oh, my bench is on fire. It's a very, it's a very comedy moment. Very good. It was bound to happen. You know, they keep playing with all this fire. Morgana goes to Gaia's because she sees a glimpse of Sophia and she recognizes her from her dream. Which would be terrifying. I never want that to happen to me. Never, ever in my life. I mean, I've had deja vu dreams, but not quite like that. And not not of someone who was killing one of my closest people in my life. That would be super duper upsetting. She's totally right to be upset, especially because if she were honest with herself, she knows what her nightmares are. There's a reason she freaks out after she has them. So she goes to Gaius because she wants help. And Gaius goes into protect you from Uther mode. I'm not sure I agree with him, but also Uther's insane. So for this entire, my opinion changed towards the end of this episode about what Gaius was trying to do. But at this particular moment, I was really annoyed. I'm like, why would you just dismiss this as just a dream? Why wouldn't you believe her if she's telling you that this is different, that somebody's in actual danger? And again, I felt like at the end when he sends her out and it's like, don't tell Uther. He's trying to protect Uther from freaking out about magic. Well, he's trying to protect Morgana from Uther. But when I get really mad is later on when he doesn't mention it to Merlin the first time. We can get into it now. Honestly, it doesn't matter. Later when he doesn't tell Merlin, Merlin tells Gaius about Sophia. Gaius does not bring up what happened with Morgana. It is my pet peeve in shows when this happens. Because I'm like, if you just communicated the thing you knew, we wouldn't be in trouble. Arthur wouldn't have... I understand it has to happen for the development of the story, but it's the wrong decision and look what you did. Look what you did. Just open your mouth, especially to Merlin. You can tell Merlin anything. People have to start to communicate better. Yeah, totally. And that somebody is Gaius. Except for the dragon. The dragon can say anything he wants. I mean, more on that next week. He doesn't make an appearance. Are you sad? I am. I miss him. Well, we had... We'll get into why later. So we get the reveal that Ulfric goes to pay the thug off who's pissed at him. Ulfric's a murderer. Not great. And so this is the reveal. This is not a good person. Although we could have, you know, we could have assumed that from minute one. I didn't get good vibes from these two. That's true. I agree with you. Something mysterious going on here. And we go into another Merlin Arthur BFFs scene where he basically wants Merlin to lie for him. He asks Merlin to lie for him. And Merlin says, I'm, I'm a terrible liar. Are you, though? He lies for a living. Every minute of his life, he has to hide something. I don't think he's that bad. I think he thinks he's bad. He's not great at hiding it. He's not. He's not great at hiding it, but it's not like he breaks out into a sweat. But I can see how this actually does end up playing out that way. Arthur and Sophia right off. Yes, we see the cape. It's amazing. And Morgana sees them right off. She's with Gwen. Gwen, this is interesting because... Morgana says about Uther, he hates magic more than he loves me. That's my favorite line of this episode. I should correct myself. Morgana says, he hates magic more than he cares for me. That, that's exactly what it is. And it's my favorite line. Very interesting because it's very, it's sad because Uther loves Morgana a lot. 
He's very protective of her. I don't think he loves her more than Arthur, but he's more capable of showing his love for Morgana. Because with Arthur, he has all these conditions about he's going to be king. He has to be a certain way. They, their relationship has to be a certain way. He, there's expectations there that aren't there with Morgana. And I dare say he's more affectionate with Morgana at all times. And he does seem to care about her an awful lot. So her assessment is this person cares for me, houses me, loves me, hates magic so much that if I mentioned I had a prophetic dream, I'm going to be in trouble. And Gwen displays her first real misstep in judgment, I feel, because she says, that's not true. Of course, she doubts herself about 10 seconds later, but she says that's not true. Isn't it, though? Because Morgana presses her. She's like, would you have me risk it? Like, should I go tell him? And then she doesn't say anything, so she knows. It speaks volumes. She's like, uh, maybe you're right. I think she just spoke too fast and wanted to comfort Morgana, but she didn't really believe what she was saying. And afterwards, when Morgana pressed, she finally agreed with her and said, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't dare to try because I really don't know what the outcome of this could be. Yeah. Gwen's that's not true may not be a misstep in judgment. It's more like the friend version of don't cry. Don't feel like this. Don't be sad. Yeah, don't don't have the emotion you're having. It's it's upsetting. But when pressed, we all know the theme so far from everyone judging Uther in this episode up to now is Uther is awful and he would do awful things to someone he loves because of magic. Gaius believes this. Morgana believes this. Gwen believes this so far. <laughs> We're three for three on. Uther would probably have to string up Morgana. Merlin also believes this. Sure, we just haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> yes, as a person who experienced, no, but um, he does believe it. Or at least he believes in Gaius who believes in it. You know what I mean? Yes. Speaking of Merlin and Uther, what a good segue. Because we don't really get scenes of Uther and Merlin alone. They said something so funny to me in the commentary because Merlin goes to see Uther and Uther is like fixing his cape and fixing his belt. And they said that the idea was that he was coming from the bathroom. <laughs> Stop it. So true. I didn't even pick up on that. I was like, why? Is I did think about why he was fussing with his belt. I never got there, though. And in the commentary, they're like, the idea was that he was coming out of the bathroom. <laughs> And Merlin's there to tell him he fucked up. That is hilarious, first of all. Second of all, in my head, I just made it up as if he was finishing getting ready to go out for a ride. But as a king, he wouldn't get himself ready. He would have people who would tie everything for him, including his belt. So I understand. That's exactly true. That's why later when Merlin shows up to Arthur's room, he says, you're dressed. And he says nothing escapes you. Yeah, he, you're dressed without me. How did you get dressed? <laughs> There's a bit of acting in the scene. I mean, Anthony Head is always amazing. It doesn't matter what he does. But it just kills me that reaction of this war time of war have you flogged. And he says, and since it's not, we'll let this go just this once. And then he just has this big innocent grin on his face. I can't handle that face. And the hard cut to the stocks. I love his face in this scene. I love it. I think it's so, it's just so sweet. It's like, please just like, don't be mad at me just this one time. Because Uther is actually pretty chill in this episode. This is his most chill. Magic hasn't been brought up. So he's like, even when he's being a dick, he's just being playful about things. It's true. The fruit doesn't hurt him, but it's like a punishment, but like a funny one. So from there, we move on to Arthur's date with Sophia in the woods. I love that he just forgets the weirdness of her trying to enchant him right after they get attacked. She's speaking in other tongues. Takes one arrow. 
to be like, I'm taking you home. I'm like, do you remember what just happened? Like, are we not going to address that? I mean, it's not like he was already enchanted. She was just starting. And yes, you definitely heard her speaking in tongues. It's like she was right there. She was speaking at your face. Arthur is just portrayed as one of those classic idiot dudes who like a pretty girl blinks at him a couple times and he just doesn't have a functioning brain cell anymore. Much to Merlin's point, like, you know, you're getting by on two out of three. (laughs) You're an idiot. Clearly he's right. She's also clearly too protective of her staff. Yeah. To be a regular staff. Way to freak out. Okay. She gets weird twice in that whole interaction. I'm like, and then he's like, she's amazing. I'm like, is she? She seems like a weirdo. uh, Yes. When he says literally, I wrote on my notes, WTF, what did she do? What did she do that she's so amazing? Tell me. Tell me. You didn't even talk to her. You didn't even talk to her. What did she do? Maybe they talked on the ride, but she's just pretty. That's all. We'll just move on from there and say that Merlin comes home to wash the vegetables out of his hair and tells Gaius. Gaius says immediately, what did you do? Nothing. He gets a nothing. And the the look that Gaius throws him of like, I believe you zero. That is bullshit. <laughs> you definitely did something. But he didn't really. He says, he's like, I swear that this time wasn't my fault. And he really wasn't. It wasn't. I mean... It's Merlin's bad judgment to let Arthur do these dumbass things, but they're so friends, like, at this point that, like, of course, I have a lifetime of being Merlin in this episode with my friends, of just, like, my friends ask me for things, and I will move heaven and earth, because, yeah, I'm with Merlin. You love your friends. They ask you for something, like, it's hard for me to deny my friends anything, and I understand where he's coming from. Poor guy ended up in the stocks. Not great. But this is the scene that kills me because I'm like, Gaius, say something. Be helpful. He just wanders off and does some Gaius spying. Instead of Merlin spying, we get Gaius breaking into someone's room. So also, let me say that Merlin was kind of like, I'm not going to say blackmailed, but he was encouraged by words of, by the words of Arthur that said, you will be a friend for life if you do this for me. and. You know, if I was Merlin, I would also do it. He just wants an actual friend. He's just, he's, he lives with an old man. He wants a friend. His age. You know? But specifically this friend. I think he already sees them as friends. Plus he's getting a lot of feedback from the dragon that they are in some way connected and equal. And Destiny does seem to keep shoving them back together no matter what. I think Merlin's at the point where he wants to be friends. So like this is the first time that like on screen, at least we see Arthur's emotional armor crack a bit and say like, you'll be a friend forever and not putting the and not putting the wall there. And Merlin jumps at the chance. He's like, really? You're going to acknowledge that we're friends, which is already true. But the acknowledgement matters. Exactly. And that's why he gets so excited. And it's so sweet because that's exactly what you said. He they are already friends. Arthur just doesn't recognize it in the previous six episodes. I think he recognizes it, but won't admit it. It's like he wrote off to save his life. He went on a quest. He went against his father. He's done a lot of stuff that says they're friends. By every action, they are friends. It's just that Arthur, again, we come back to Arthur, unlike Morgana, cannot admit it. Can't be like Morgana is to Gwen. Can't say like we're friends. Right. Clearly, this is his only friend besides maybe Morgana. We'll get to that later, too. So we get a showdown between Merlin and Ulfric. Creepy red eyes. It's getting worse. 
and immediately followed by a showdown between Morgana and Sophia. So things are like kind of coming to a head with everyone who isn't Arthur and Uther. The people who are like trying to be aware of what's happening are aware. They know. They've seen it. Gaius sees it in the bedroom where he goes nooping. I wrote Gaius nooping. I know. Three exclamation points. I love it. And I love that interaction between Morgana and Sophia. Oh, I can feel the hatred coming off the screen and off these actresses. Like, it is so palpable to me in the best way possible, even though I get my least favorite line of the episode because she throws one of those, jealousy is the most unattractive quality in women. And, like, women who talk like that, gross. Like, if I don't already hate her because she was trying to kill (laughs) Arthur, I definitely hate her for saying this shit to Morgana. Like, shut up, okay, girly? Like, be quiet. Um, I wrote, what a fucking biatch. Also, I wrote, push her down the stairs because do it. Morgana, you're at the top of the stairs and you can do this. Uther loves you. There's no magic needed in this entire equation to shove her down the stairs and say she slipped. Everyone's going to believe you. You're Morgana. Well, you know, should have done it. Doesn't do it. Well, after this, we get a huge reveal via Sophia. She goes and talks to Ulfric and says this line that's kind of really big because we've only intimated to this point that there's something up with Morgana and her dreams. Nothing else. Instead, she full out says she fears her powers, but that won't hold her back for long. Something like that. But she fears her powers. Like, this is someone, we don't even know who's, what Sophia really is at this point, but who can pick up on how powerful Morgana is. Which is interesting to me because this is the first time we get any acknowledgement outside of the dreams. It's one thing to be a seer. It's another thing. What do you mean she's powerful? Which forces me to ask you the same question I keep asking you, which I'm sorry if it's frustrating, but I need to know. Is this something you remember about Arthurian legends? Do you remember who in the classic versions Morgana is? I don't remember specifically, but I do know, I didn't know that she was powerful. Right. Okay, that's fine. I just wonder if, you know, because we all remember that Arthur becomes King Arthur. We all know that Merlin's supposed to be a great wizard. So they're all edging towards a legend of themselves. But Morgana is as big a legend as either one of them in her own right. It's funny because I I recognize her name. I don't, I remember that she's powerful. I don't remember any specifics of her story. And I'm like, oh my gosh, she's an amazing woman. Why don't I remember this? That's fascinating. I think also, it's fascinating that the, probably on purpose, I don't know, but the creators decided to have it come out in an episode called The Gates of Avalon. This is the introduction of Avalon and the introduction of Morgana's kind of real powers being talked about, which are, you know, if you've ever heard of or read or seen The Mists of Avalon, you know, Avalon's tied to the women in the story. Yep, exactly. I remember when I saw, I usually don't see the title of the episode until I've watched the episode already. Then I go back and look at the title. And after I look at the title, I was like, oh my God, this makes total sense. So poor Morgana goes to try to warn Arthur, who is an unbelievable jerk in this scene. I cannot stand him. When she says you're intolerable, I'm at the point where I'm screaming at my TV at this guy. You know, good on Bradley James for pulling this scene off because he becomes like a character I love and in two seconds just flips me to like, I hate you so much right now. Stop talking. Because he's doing the same thing Sophia just did, which was like belittle you with like, oh, you're just a jealous girl. And it's like, shut up and listen. I'm talking to you. Morgana's like this real ass person who's trying to say something to you, both of you. Both Sophia and Arthur, she's communicating some very serious feelings about what you're doing. 
and you're just like brushing her off like some jealous little three-year-old girl. And it makes me mad. When he tells her, oh, you don't have to make up that you're having dreams about this. You can just say that you're jealous. Oh my God. It made me want to scream. And I wrote in my notes, Arthur is a jerk. That's exactly what I wrote. So annoying in this scene. It's unbelievable. Until the last two seconds. Then you see her like storm off and you see him kind of like calm down a second. He gets off his like Arthur high horse of just being, oh, I'm so handsome. Everyone loves me. And he's like, oh, wait a second. Maybe there's something there. And that's exactly what's happening. He's like, oh, my God, all the girls love me. I'm like, shh, shut up. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't help that no one's told Merlin what's up. So the next scene is Merlin just totally cheerleading this entire bad idea on. That's why that's why someone should be saying something to Merlin that Morgana and Gaius haven't talked to Merlin, the person who spends the most time with Arthur and is the person facilitating this little relationship from moving forward you think he would be like cheerleading he's like basically this is like the scene is just full display friendship mode cheerleading this relationship on because he's happy for arthur arthur just like actually showing some concern just don't end up in the stocks again he does care he's like just don't don't fuck it up this time and don't get punished because of me like he doesn't actually want him to get punished he just wants him to lie effectively so he doesn't get punished and of course we come out with this amazing line of i think i'm starting to get the hang of this whole deception lark which is such a good sentence might be because of the way it's delivered so skillfully because it could this line could be a little too on the nose if you didn't deliver it the way colin morgan did but because he delivered it the way he does, it's my favorite line of the episode because it's just so funny to me of like he 100% believes it. Like that, in, again, that innocence plays in here where he's so good at doing that wide-eyed child face. And I'm just like, uh, and of course, it's like, the, the of course, we don't even get the scene with Uther. We just get the cut too. But also, I don't know what Arthur means by like, don't end up there. It's definitely going to happen. He's having to lie and take the blame for you what do you think will happen how do you think that he can escape this talking to your father your father of all people yeah your father not the most lenient and understanding of people also if you don't want merlin to get caught why don't you come up with an effective lie for him to tell your father instead of making him come up with it and deliver it he's already stressed out and nervous about this and told you he doesn't want to lie i mean like any normal human being might be intimidated by arthur uh, Sorry, intimidated by Uther. Not just because he's king, but because he likes to be a little murdery with people at times when he's upset. So, you know, and just like give him a hand if you want him to get you out of this. Like, why does he have to be responsible for getting you out of your duties? And also, Arthur knows more than Merlin about the life in a castle and all of the duties that you, him as a prince, has. So he can literally make up anything in his head and tell Merlin hey just say this and Merlin will go there and say that but no she's like no you just figure it out yourself on your own and don't get punished by the way I care about you but you know it was I thought it was sweet but of course he ends up in the stocks you know instead having a grand old time with Sophia who in this scene annoys me because her little like running through the woods thing she is this show's manic pixie dream girl is she not? She is. For those of you who don't know what that is, it is a character that appears often, especially in stories written by the male gender. And it's like a, a fantasy of a woman. It's never a real girl. It's the idea that like this wild, wide-eyed creature that's in the shape of a girl but couldn't possibly exist because they're not a real person 
comes in and like makes your life like wondrous and fun. It's in many movies. It's in many shows. And she is the Merlin manic pixie dream girl. And I don't like those characters at all. And they even speak with a voice like this, very like soft and girly. And I want to punch them in the mouth. Like, shut up. Don't talk anymore. Get out. Yeah. It's like a girl that can't possibly exist because no person's actually like that. But hey, how does it end? She's not a real girl. She just puts them under a spell. Good job, Arthur. Great taste. At least we have, you know, guys in the next scene speaking up to Merlin and actually being like, hmm, well, maybe we should talk about the Sophia now that Arthur seems to be running through the woods with her every day. By the way, this huge thing happened I didn't tell you about because I'm completely in denial because part of it in this scene makes me think Gaius is in denial. He's not so much willfully ignoring what's happening with Morgana as he doesn't want it to be true. I agree. And I think he says it himself that he suspected it. He's been with Morgana since she was a little child and he knows deep down he knows he just doesn't want to believe it because he's afraid for her. Yeah, it's not easy having magic in Camelot. Clearly, he's already got one kid to worry about. He's like, that's enough. It's enough of you with magical powers running around the castle. For someone who doesn't like magic, Uther ends up with a lot of people near him who are magical. <laughs> but Merlin springs into action and goes to his move, like his go-to move. Merlin goes to his go-to move. He follows Ulfric. Good old-fashioned. Snoopy Merlin. I love it. I think there is a YouTube video, I could be wrong, that I saw while researching that was, uh, I always feel like somebody's watching me. And it was a montage of Merlin following people. <laughs> I feel like that would be a very long YouTube video because it literally happened. Like at this point, I wait for it in every episode and I'm very happy when it actually happens. And I'm like, ha ha, he's snooping on somebody. Now you want it. Now you're like, where is my Merlin snooping around following someone's ass around the woods? Okay, so. This actually, oh my God, I can't even in this scene. There's so many things that make my heart happy because he follows Ulfric, who calls the she. There are so many wonderful things that happen in this scene between the acting and the filming of it. It is gorgeous. It's my favorite part of the whole show, even though I love the Merlin Arthur bit so much because it's just a wonderfully real written friendship from a production standpoint of beauty and stellar acting because and they talk about this in the commentary like Colin Morgan's acting at nothing the director was like I'm I was describing to him like now you're seeing the fairies now you're seeing this that he can pull out these these emotions on his face reacting to absolutely nothing is amazing to me I felt it like I didn't even I didn't even feel it as much when the effects were beautiful but when the she were dancing on the water I felt it more when I was looking at him than the wonder of actually seeing it on the screen. It is so hard to be able to do that with your face when nothing is happening in front of you. And it is, it is really incredible. And it says a lot about his acting skills. Because when saying words, when yelling at a person, you can show anger, you can laugh. But with just your eyes to show like so much to show so much with your face and your eyes without saying anything and without looking at anything, nothing is really happening in front of you is amazing. 
even worse, things are happening in front of you that are distracting. He's like, I'm yelling at him what he's looking at. And there's like wind machines going like, like making these awful sounds. Like he's actually looking at something that's actually pretty frustrating to look at, listening at sounds that are frustrating to listen to and acting through that as if the opposite is going on. Like the, the heavens have opened up and you're seeing Avalon to the point of which when Ulfric says Avalon, that to me is the moment. I'm like, oh my God. It's Avalon, which is a huge deal because Avalon is a character in the Arthurian tale, as far as I'm concerned. It is as famous and as important as King Arthur himself, as Merlin himself. It is Avalon. It is a character. And that we're finally there is so exciting. I'm like, oh my God, it's Avalon. I agree. I was very, very excited because I haven't, I hadn't even looked at the name, at the title of the episode. So I was, I was like, oh my God, this is actually happening. It makes total sense. Then I thought about Morgana and I'm like, okay, things are probably connected. But I was I was a little bit sad that I didn't really remember more about her. That's interesting. Yeah, because Morgana is, it's funny, like not as connected. In this episode, it has nothing to do with one another and still they're choosing to reveal both her powers and Avalon at the same time. It's very fascinating to me. The only thing I'm not sure about this whole scene is like that it ends with like Ulfric at the like just like laughing to himself and loud evil laugh and i'm like okay it was a very beautiful scene and then he ends in a very creepy way okay but it was beautiful it was beautifully shot the slow-mo with the trees and the lighting i can't take it it's all beautiful i was just gonna talk about the slow motion it was it was such a great idea that he can only see the fairies dancing in the water because he can slow time or he can slow down the way that he sees things it's so beautiful this is actually one of my favorite ideas they've had it happens in other episodes where he slows things so he can see things more clearly than other people it's one of my favorite ideas of magical things that happen that they've had because like we've all seen the chores we've all seen people being shoved around by magic like lighting fires all the things that happen but this is like very it feels very specific to this show and I really liked the way they did it it was really beautiful and it's natural for him. There's no spell. We always love when it's just like... Yes. When Merlin tells Gaius that he saw Avalon, Gaius is like straight up excited and jealous. This is the most animated I think I've ever seen Gaius. He's like, what? Avalon? Holy shit. Yes, Gaius is like, that's amazing and terrifying all at once. He's so excited. I love it so much. We end up in court and Arthur, ugh, we're in love, all this bullshit. Anthony had, I mean, he says, okay... We're in the court. Arthur declares his love in front of Uther, wants to get married. When Arthur says the words, we're in love, Anthony Head turns and give this, gives this look to Morgana that floored me. I just had to stop and rewind because it was so funny the way the way, like, he's just like, you're an idiot. <laughs> Uther's entire stance in this scene is like, Arthur's an idiot. It is the first scene that I agreed with Uther. And I'm like, yep, you're correct. All like 100%. I'm behind you. I I support you in everything that you're saying. Even though he's totally wrong. and First time, there's a first time for everything, you know. Even though he's totally wrong and he, someone should be like, uh, magic, magic, it's happening again. It's magic. Someone ring the magic alarms. I saw this meme today that really killed me because it was about magic and Uther and Camelot. And it's like, yeah, the whole show is like magic isn't bad. But literally every magic person that comes to Camelot is an evil asshole who's trying to kill somebody or take over the kingdom. Literally, no one who is good really shows up with magic at any point to prove otherwise to Uther. And it's always like a bad person. And every magical creature is bad. You post that on your on our stories and I saw it. 
And I'm like, oh my god, that is so true. It's frustrating because the show so true. It's like going back and forth on its own idea the whole time. And it's like, yeah, well, of course he thinks it's bad. Every magic person who shows up is like an evil asshole. Everyone that shows up wants to kill either the king or the son of the king. What do we do? And it's funny. I posted that meme because I knew that was one you could see and it wouldn't spoil things. Oh, thank you. Of course. I always think about that because someone I scrolled by someone's meme who got upset and said, I went on and looked at memes and got the ending of Merlin spoiled for me. And I'm like, yep, yep. Because like 75% of Merlin memes are about the ending of Merlin and you can't, you can't be on the internet about it. So Mila is banned. Um, I'm not, I'm not, I'm banned from the internet. It's okay. So anyway, th- this whole like, oh, we're in love, LOL. Like everyone's just like, okay, you're an idiot. But something I did notice in this scene, which was more serious was when they shoot from the floor at an upwards angle to the ceiling, I don't know if you noticed this, the ceiling of this room is so fucking fantastic. I'm like, why aren't we always shooting up from the floor? Give me this angle all day long. I'm like, yes, beautiful room. It is amazing. Every time that they show a different angle, I want to see more of this castle. I'm like, give me more. Give me more different angles so we can see more parts of this amazing structure. It's a beautiful, beautiful castle. It looks fake. It's so beautiful. Agreed. Exactly. That's how you know it's good. Because you're like, can this be real? But, you know, Uther goes from giving this great look to Morgana to uh, the next scene annoys the crap out of me because he's just putting Morgana down. Not in a mean way, but he's doing it. He's being patronizing and he's doing the same thing Arthur did where it's like, oh, feelings. Ugh to the patriarchy and to this idea that feelings are not as important as logical thought. I hate it. It's a real thing. And I believe it. This is like the most real scene of the episode to me just because I'm like, oh, this is what a man would say. Oh, that's cute. Your feelings, your dreams. Do you have any real evidence? Don't worry. My feelings are evidence. She's the worst. This annoys me so much. I think because we live it every day of our lives. It's all that I have to say about this. Um, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it a million times. Anthony had said in the commentary, I'm not sure it came through what a what a patronizing jerk I was being to her. And I'm like, it came through to me. To women in general, I feel like it did. To him, he probably thinks he wasn't being heavy-handed enough in the delivery. I'm like, no, don't worry. Women got it. Oh, uh, we... Don't worry. We understand, like, subtlety. You don't have to be, like, smacking us in our face. I understand your condescending fucking tone. Thank you for mansplaining how things work. Not Anthony Head. Uther. Anthony Head is amazing, and I love that he just, like, doesn't... He's so sweet that he's like, maybe I wasn't mean enough. And I'm like, oh, no, honey. We all know. Because he wouldn't talk like to somebody like that, I don't think. He wouldn't do it. Mm-mm. Which is why he doesn't understand that it comes through crystal clear. You did a f- wonderful job doing that. Yeah, we are back to wanting to punch you in the face. It's just funny when you watch people who you're convinced are sweet be jerks. It's like watching Steve Carell be mean. And I'm like, I know you're like the nicest person in the world because a lot of the industry talks about it. Like you're just a sweet human being. And yeah. Oh my God. This a little tip, different series, but... If you do want to watch Steve Carell be mean, go watch The Morning Show. You're going to hate him. Which is rough because, again, he's so nice. When Merlin goes to Arthur, it's like we automatically know that Arthur is under a bad, bad spell because he's being a huge dick to Merlin. It's like, okay, you want to cool your jets? Like, do you want to be any less rude right now? Very rude and goes back on everything that he had said to Merlin before. You're going to be a friend for life. You're not my friend. You're my servant. And I'm like, ugh, what a jerk. Painful. Painful. And like, obviously, he's not himself. Obviously. 
he's so good at playing this whole zombie version of himself. But then we get the like ultimate, the Colin Morgan stunt, which was funny because they did talk about it in the commentary about how excited he was. Who wouldn't be? Like, again, they were like, you're just getting yanked into a wall by a rope. And I'm like, yeah, I would be so excited. We're back to what we were talking about last week. That's what I want to do. I want to get yanked into a wall by a rope. That's awesome. 100%. Every time that I see behind the scenes um, from the Avengers or anything that's stunt-like that people are like hanging from ropes or getting pulled or like getting punched or dropped somewhere, I want to do it. It seems very fun. It seems painful, hard to learn, but that's something that I think it's so fun to learn. Actually, the director said Colin did really good, but the first take they couldn't use because he smiled after because he was so happy he got to do it. I love it. Then by the second take, he looked like he was in pain. Like he was he was acting like he was in pain, you know, because he was supposed to. But I get it. You'd be like, oh, that was fun. I feel like I would do the same thing. I would totally ruin the first take. It's just like a ride. It's like a roller coaster. I'm like, yay. Yeah, be like that was amazing. As far as Avengers girl go, I heard um, Zoe Saldana talk about how the only reason she's good at stunts the way she is is because she was a dancer. And I thought of you because you know you're a dancer. Oh my god, I never heard that, but now I feel like I could do this. Sonia, don't feed into my dreams. I'm gonna feed into your dreams, and it was during the uh, center stage talk that they had the reunion. I think I raised that from my head just because I was trying to block it from myself. Oh, I see. Well, that's the one thing I remember. Anyways. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, I can never do stunts because I'm not a dancer. See, I had the opposite reaction. I took it on board because I was like, oh, no. I think we both have to meet in the middle here. You know what? I'm going to take it from Colin Morgan's example. He wasn't trained in stunts and he did it. He did a good job and it looks great. It looks great. Although I'm worried about Merlin when it happens. It is a harsh moment where I'm like, oh, shit. Like, he really got clobbered there. Yeah. Morgana goes to Gaius. Gaius totally gets like, I'm taking charge mode right here. He even gives her a hand, but not in a mean way. I thought it was very like reassuring. Like, you stay here. No, you stay here. I'm taking care of this. I'm done sitting on the sidelines. Thank God. Way to take too long. And he goes for Merlin. Merlin's a mess. On this scene, when he's like, she's like, what are you going to do? He's like, I'm going to go see the only person who can help us. And I'm like, they're going to introduce a new character at the end of the this this episode because i'm like merlin is dead in the room he doesn't know that like who is he getting and obviously he's just getting obviously obviously he's getting merlin yeah he doesn't know that merlin's hurt like oh yeah that guy that guy can help us yeah because you kind of forget because he's so i don't know innocent and naive and a lot of the time not this, you know, he doesn't look like he's the superhero of the show, but he's the superhero of the show. You know, it looks like it's Arthur, but it's Merlin. It's Merlin. Of course, he's the only one. And he says to Merlin, the only reason you survived is because of your powers. Don't think anybody else would be alive after that. That is true. And that was super interesting because, yeah, it was a that guy blasted Merlin with his staff. And I'm like, he just dead asleep for a few hours at least. I know it's dawn. It's dawn. I thought about you because they're like walking through the forest with Arthur and I'm like, it looks like it's daylight. And then I was like, oh, it is daylight. Okay, cool. Mila's going to get mad that it's full moon <laughs> brights in the forest again. I would be mad at neon moon, just electricity powered moon. So it's Merlin to the rescue. He runs for it. 
Maybe it's really weird of me to notice that when Sophia is like doing this emotional scene with Ulfric, she's crying and all I can see is Bradley James is acting like a zombie. I don't know how. This might sound weird, but I think it's actually honestly hard to look like you're totally out of it in the middle of a lot of stuff happening. I feel like I would it would be hard for me yeah, not to get my gaze pulled somewhere, not to He also doesn't blink for like a full minute, but you know, I just get distracted by his like Arthur zombied out acting because he I really believe it. I'm like, um, hello, are you in there? Say something or like move your head, move your eyes, do something. She goes to drown and Merlin arrives and we see what the staff can actually do. Like Merlin just explodes these two. Bye bye. I mean, it was super quick. First of all, there's very dramatic music going on in this scene, which I really appreciate. Second of all, Colleen Morgan has sweat and I think that is his sweat. You can see like the his hairline wet. And I think that he really ran a lot to film this scene. Yeah, I think he ran and not too much before that scene was shot because it turns out that to make their time to film this, they actually shot in two units on the same day. And the second unit was shooting Colin running while the first unit was shooting her drowning Arthur. Oh my God, that's so interesting. You're usually not shooting like two main actors in first and second unit. Just just to explain that away. Yeah, second unit might be doing B-roll somewhere else, but you're not like in the same forest doing two main actors at the same time. So they clearly were tight on time for this episode. But yeah, is this the first time Merlin's killed someone? I mean, the last episode was the first time someone died because of Merlin, I feel like. But he literally matrixed out of the axe's way and then just threw it back away from him. I don't think he was aiming... To kill the guy? No, he looked pretty surprised when that happened. He seemed pretty upset about what had just happened. He accidentally killed someone in the last episode. We didn't even talk about it. We just like skimmed right over it. We were like, oh yeah, he totally murdered somebody by mistake. But that was more like self-defense where this is like he actively like, I feel like he chose to kill them. Didn't knock them out. Didn't do anything else. Exploded them. Also, this time we see the people exploding and dying the last time we didn't see what happened with the axe we hear a noise and obviously in our heads we know that the guy died but this i did not expect them to explode like that um it was rather surprising it's quite the rescue he jumps in lifeguards arthur out of the water which was you know interesting to listen to how this was filmed because when they come out of the water that's not them because obviously they weren't under the water because they weren't allowed to be. And then they pulled this really neat camera trick I can't stop thinking about where when it's them coming out of the water, when you see Colin Morgan and Bradley James's faces, and it seems like they've come out of the water, it's actually the camera that comes out from under the water. And it gives the illusion that they just came out. That is so smart. It's so smart. That is amazing. I'm glad you're as excited as I am because I can't. I have been thinking about it since I heard that. It's a great camera trick. There was also some funny stuff about like how they didn't like when they came out of the water, he didn't carry him anywhere. First of all, because Bradley was like, I'm not that light and I'm soaking wet and I am in armor. Um, they once again talked about how the armor is plastic. But again, the chain mail is very not plastic and he's not a small guy <laughs> and they were soaking wet. And also, like he said, we couldn't move anymore because he was holding me and we started sinking into the mud. <laughs> so like they couldn't actually move. Trust me, I thought about all of that because even if you're in the water. People there are just passed out. They become really, really heavy. And it's really hard to carry them out of a lake or like drag them, even if it's in the water. So you see them move very little. 
I looked at it. I'm like, there. he's not going to drag him all the way out of this lake. They're just holding each other. It's okay. Well, no. Merlin's holding Arthur. With their heads wet. With their faces above the water. Yeah, they wet them. It's, it's you know, it worked out great. It looks beautiful. It really does. The next scene cracks me up. The The comedy of this scene when, when Arthur wakes up. The chemistry between these three. I can't take the chemistry between Richard Wilson and Colin Morgan, I can't handle it. It's so good. The way they just like exchange these little looks and they know like they have the same reactions to some things. They're both like so on the same page about it. And their comedic timing is so on. And so is Bradley's. Like Bradley's comedic timing in this is so hilarious. Like this whole scene makes me laugh. The entire thing is so funny to me because of the looks. It's not even that the dialogue's that funny or that the lie is that funny. It's that they just like keep get exchanging these like weird little looks that just kills me. It's just so good because with the weird looks, what they are trying to tell us is that, yes, we've re- rehearsed this lie for a long, long time and we're both very much on the same page. And we're both going to have the same reactions to anything that you say because we're trying to keep this lie and tell you this lie that we rehearsed a lot. And it's amazing, amazing, so good. Which is also like one version, right? Because they're waiting there to see if Arthur remembers anything. They're not sure he's going to remember what actually happened. That is true. In They might have worked several versions of this lie, depending on what Arthur remembers when he wakes up, which is hilarious to think about. They're just like workshopping a little play they're putting on for Arthur, and he knows nothing about it. But I love the ending of this whole episode just because it goes like comedy, comedy, like the scene with Uther now, they're all in the court. Like Once again, Arthur can't even bother to take the blame. Why can't he take the blame this time? I mean, poor Merlin at this point has saved his life for all he knows he came and rescued him and he lets Merlin eat shit in front of Uther again Uther won't even let him talk at this point he's like no from someone who's got a brain (laughs) look I this scene these three lines one after the other are really really my favorites of this episode which is Uther saying have you some kind of mental affliction then Merlin goes Probably. Then Gaius goes, I'm looking into it. In this scene with the four, it's it's everyone. It's Gaius, Merlin, Uther, and Arthur. The four of these actors, this is one of those scenes where I see why they were all hired on comedic timing. Because it's important because you can do the drama, but when you get to this scene, if you don't know how to how to do this scene, it doesn't work. And the scene is so funny that all four of them know exactly what the beat is they're supposed to be playing. It's only funny because of these four people executing it perfectly. And it cracks me up so much that each one of them is funny in their own way in this scene. Anthony Head's delivery of have you some kind of mental affliction is so good. It's so good. And then Merlin saying probably, which is like, <laughs> I believe that I do. And then Gaia's like, we're looking into it. <laughs> it's also Colin Morgan's reaction to Richard Wilson saying, probably. <laughs> and Arthur's just standing there letting this happen. <laughs> you jerk. This scene is so good. And these three lines killed me. I'm like, this is perfect. It's perfect timing. It's perfect acting. I, lo- I, like, I laughed out loud so much that my sister was in another room and open the door and she's like are you okay i'm like yes i am okay that's what okay see now it's been seven episodes and from the beginning i've been saying okay my two favorite things about the show as a whole is like this very real relationships and character 
arcs that they write for people, like the internal development of a person and their relationships around them. Beautiful. I love that that scene of Merlin and Arthur feels like me and you talking. It's very real and I love it. Very real. My other favorite thing about the show is the comedy. And I feel this is the first time you've really gotten a full dose of it where you're just like cracking up and we're finally there. I went back on this scene and I probably watched it three times in a row for the first time that I watched this episode because it was so good. And then I took the time to pause it and write down the lines because they're extra good. And every time that I look at them and reenact that scene in my head, I laugh on my own like a crazy person. So yes, I love it. I'm all here for it. I hope there's more of this. I promise there's more comedy and also just you reading them to me right now. I just laughed because I can see their faces. They're just, it's so funny. It's such a funny scene. And it doesn't have to be overt comedy. Although, you know, poor Merlin. I know. I feel for him. The sad thing is that it doesn't end on a funny note because we see the repercussion of the lie. The lie it's is to cover Merlin's ass. But they choose not to tell Morgana. And now Morgana has been left in this sad state of self-doubt because she was convinced that every man in this episode, not Merlin because he's not at the heart of the decision of doing this. I mean, he's the reason why it's important to cover it up, but it's not really him doing it to her. Gaius, Arthur, and Uther in all of their own ways have put her down and her intuition and her feelings and what she feels is real in this episode, each in their own way. And it's kind of terrible gaslighting as its finest i love it seriously this poor woman so tiring so tiring questioning her own reality because these men can't be bothered to listen to her or other ones not tell her the truth they could have told her merlin and gaius but she comes in all dejected and gets another sleeping potion so it is gaslighting at its finest, and I felt that through the entire episode, and I feel like that's why it felt even more real. And I really, this the end of this episode really left me wondering, couldn't they find some kind of version of the story where they actually told her that she was right? You couldn't figure out a version of this story that you could at least tell her, hey, you were right. They were evil and they were trying to kill Arthur. And we just figured it out. I, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I felt really sad for her at the end of this episode. It's really sad. It's really sad what happens to her. And I'm glad you got it because it's, it's hard. After all that funny stuff, it is, it is kind of sad. And that's when Merlin says, is she like me? And he gets like, well, no one's like you. You know, you're special, kid. Like, doesn't matter that everyone, there's other people with magic. They're not you. A lot happens here to all these main characters. I mean, maybe not Uther, but a lot happens in this episode to everybody. I'm not even sure that these are overall the most compelling villains we've had. I'm not even sure that besides moving the story along, I care about what they're up to. Yeah, I agree. I just know that the script was so strong for our main characters. That was like a side note. That was like making things happen and moving the story along. But what happened between the ensemble and to the ensemble cast members was fascinating to me especially what's happened to Morgana and I really liked that they that Merlin at the end asked is she like me and guys like no no one is like you but can she do magic because he sees there a hope that there's someone else that will understand what he feels like and that will do that will be able to do or have certain kinds of powers that will allow her to do what he does not exactly the same way, 
but at least some kind of connection there that someone else will understand what it's really like to be like him. So what do you think? Does Morgana have it? Yes, I absolutely think that she, because that's what I remember. She does have it. I don't know how, and I don't know the extent of her powers, but she absolutely does, 100%. And if I'm wrong, I'm going to be really sad. You know the titles, at least. You know Queen Guinevere, you know King Arthur, you know the Knight Lancelot, and you know the Wizard Merlin. But you can't remember Morgana's title in the in the the world of Arthurian tales. No, and it's bothering the shit out of me. I mean, here's a moment of truth. You can cheat it right now. I can tell you. No, forget it. I don't want to know. No, it's good that you don't want to know, because you'll you'll just go on, and there'll be a point in which you we can talk about it. There will come a time before the show is over. Eventually, they will start walking towards their destinies. Right. You're hoping we're headed somewhere. I mean, this is the story of how who how they became who they are, right? I hope so. And I feel like there's been so much information and so much moving forward in seven episodes. And this is five seasons. There's a shitload of stuff to happen. And I can't wait to see where we go. I mean, the tale of Arthur is a big one. So I guess, you know, you, you would want five seasons. I dare say that. Oh, I'm not complaining at all. I know you're I'm not. I'm not complaining at all. I'm just saying that. A lot happened in seven episodes. I'm happy about it. Don't worry about it. I'm happy. Just you wait for eight because you're definitely not going to remember what eight is all about in the in the scope of the legends. But it's a it's a big episode next. Let's talk about it. Next week on Merlin, the dragon. Uh, number one, the dragon is back. Obviously, obviously, my number one thing in the list is the dragon. Great. There's a little boy that apparently is going to kill Arthur, what? What's going on? Morgana's helping out. Witchy vibes from Morgana, like cape and hood and all of that kind of stuff. This boy has to die for Merlin's destiny to be fulfilled. I'm confused. I don't think that I remember anything. Maybe I will remember as I watch next episode, but right now... You definitely won't. <laughs> Thanks. Just because of, of how little I remembered this aspect of the Arthurian tale before... You know, I watch this. Um, it's definitely the the one thing that's not as famous as the rest of it. So you're not going to remember. But those two comments are tied. Can't fulfill your destiny and he's going to kill Arthur. Because that is his destiny. That's one and the same. That's the same. To be with Arthur. Yes. To be with Arthur. Is that how you describe Merlin's destiny? To be with Arthur? <laughs> yes. To be by his side. That's how I, f that's how I see well, that's how people have been talking about Merlin's destiny. I mean, yeah, two sides of the same coin is basically like you're bonded for life. Yes. So that's how I see it. So if Arthur is dead, then Merlin's destiny cannot be fulfilled because there's no other side of this coin. Fascinating. Also, what I wrote down is drama exclamation point. Uther chokes Morgana. <gasps> yes, that I totally erased that scene from my head. Because we just spent a whole episode talking about how much Uther loves Morgana and how tender he is with her. Maybe she said magic and he freaked out. We'll see. Do you think there's going to be some magic next week given Uther's behavior in the in the trailer? I'm going to go out on a limb here and say yes. Yeah, probably. Probably some magic involved if Uther's choking the life out of his favorite person in the world. Honestly, he's out of control. On that note, we'll see him soon on the next episode. Bye, Mila. Bye. See you guys soon.